You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Celicia Thomas, and I'm so excited because I'm making a new friend today. You guys, she's my first Egyptian American on my show. She she majored, she got a degree in sociology and anthropology in criminal justice, but made her Broadway debut from an open casting call for my fair freaking lady. You also can catch her in New Amsterdam on NBC. You guys help me welcome Shireen Ahmed. Hello. I am so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I've been listening to your podcast and I am such a fan, 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 fan. Oh my gosh, you have. Thank you so much. That means that really actually means so much to me. And I'm so happy to have you, your face, your hair, you are just so beautiful. And I can see the light. Like, it's nice to see light in people's eyes. This pandemic has been (laughs) wild, wild. It's been so stupid. This is stupid. It's been so many things. And you know what? My goodness, we're coming up on a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, coming up on a year. I don't know when this episode will air, but as of right now, this is what, March 9th? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't have words. Like, do you listen to this silence? We're both like, I'm trying to find the words. It's so interesting because, you know, it feels like a lifetime, but it also feels like it happened yesterday when everything shut down. Agreed. Completely agreed. Which is, I think, good and bad, or maybe it's not good or bad. My friend, my friend said the other day, she it felt like March twelfth came and everything was like pushed on pause. And then, as of two or three weeks ago, it seems like somebody pushed the play button, and all of a sudden, it feels like life is starting to come back. Do you feel that at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, I went on a beautiful walk this morning. Spring is upon us. Thank God. I'm just like, I see the light <laughs> yes. in the tunnel. Yes. Are, yes. Right. And, and it's just like, 
literally just brought so much light and joy into my life. And, and, you know, there's hope with vaccines and the, this and yeah. the, that, all the things. Yeah. And so, and finally we're having future focused conversations around it. It's not just, okay, we're shutting down and we don't know where we're going with this, but we're going to try it. Now it's like, it feels very future focused and I have hope around that. I completely agree. Even with the announcement of like these pop-ups happening in certain theaters on Broadway, I'm like, okay, what is that? Don't know, but it sounds like progress. It Okay. A great point. Like, you know, we don't know. This is all our first pandemic. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to react. I still don't know how I'm going to react. I need to, so I think, you know, the conversations I have with my friends and the theater community, it's like, you have to meet yourself where you are every second of the day. You have to, because you can't get through it. We, no one has been through a pandemic like this before. And so have grace and, and allow yourself to grieve or to be excited to have a, a day at home or whatever. And, um, you know, tomorrow will be the, the year anniversary of My Fair Lady, the tour closing. Oh, you and guys closed on the 10th? Oh, that makes sense. The 10th because we were in um, Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio was the first state to to shut down. And, you know, I think wow. as with most people, it was like, oh, we'll be back in six weeks. But maybe year- like I was thinking a month. Right. <laughs> six weeks month. sounds like a I lifetime. Was- right. I was like, oh, I get a break. I can go home. I'll see my family. You know, it's fine. And a year later, it's like, you know, I think so much about the grief and the steps of grief and the patterns of grief. And, you know, we're coming up on this year and I don't know what that's going to feel like. Um, but, but, you know, I see hope. I see hope. I also see hope. And I am so, I feel excited. You know, I just did an interview the other day. I was being interviewed and she like took me into Times Square. She's like, we want to get some footage of you, whatever. And I actually was, I intuitively, I felt like, oh, this is coming back. And I felt really excited. And she was like, actually, can we get some shots of you? being sad. I'm like, wait. It's like, okay, you need doom and gloom. Got it. Got it. But like, I feel in my heart that it will be back. And you were leading the tour. You were um, playing Eliza, right? In, in my tour, which is so exciting. And I, and I want to ask you about that, but I'm like, I feel like if I start with that, I'm going to get so excited and we're never going to talk about hair. I want to know like your, your ensemble, your ensemble journey to your, all the things, but can we dive in? And I need to know about these gorgeous curls on your head. But first, actually, I'm sorry. I have so many things that I want to ask you, Shireen. My brain just like said, (laughs) okay, you're Egyptian American. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? What is, yes. Yeah. So my dad emigrated here in the 80s from Alexandria, Egypt. And my mother is German American. So I'm just like a mixed race, like pot. And what it means to me, I mean, you know, it's changed a lot. 
and it, it it's it's fluid in how I identify in the way that right post nine eleven. Let me back up. Before nine eleven, I was the cool kid. Like I was the cool the cool kid in class. People wanted to know about me being Egyptian. What is it like? Like, tell me about your. I have so many relatives in Egypt. Tell me about your relatives and your culture and traditions and things. And then all of a sudden post 9-11, it was like, keep that quiet. Keep that very, very quiet. Um, Because I mean, you know, the things that were happening in the media and um, just, it felt like I had to strip away that part of me. Right. Mm. And that actually translated into how I wear my, wore my hair at the time. I was so afraid of showing that part of myself and and my identity and who I am because I had to hide for so long. Oh my goodness. And it's it's so it's so interesting because you know as I grow older and I realize that this is who I am and I can't run away from it and I can't hide it and I can't you know whatever with it. I need to, I need to sit with myself and I need to ask the tough questions of who am I? How do I identify? And I identify as Egyptian American. I am Arab American. I am North African. I am a beautiful mixed pot of a first generation Arab American. And it is what it is. And it's interesting, you know, this journey that I've had to take of first being feeling celebrated in that when I was a kid, then hiding that for safety reasons. And now it's like the unbecoming to the becoming, right? Like I had to unbecome in order to become fully myself. Wow. I actually can't imagine that is very like, all I can say is, wow, like I've not ever had to think about that. And you're the first, it's weird because I'm still like, I wouldn't, you're not, you're not, well, actually these are questions. Okay. You're not, you're not black. No. Or are you? No, but you're a person of color. These are questions. Yes. Like, right. And, but your skin is so fair. Like I would not even, I wouldn't even know it, that you were going through that, um, and question before I ask my next question, my brain is so all over the place because you are such a like, oh my goodness type of person. <laughs> How did your hair change? You mentioned you changed the way you wore your hair during that time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I so actually my hair, this is going on five years now of being able to wear my hair in its natural state. Before. It's so beautiful. It's oh, gorgeous. Thank you. I mean, it's such a journey. It was such a journey. Like, you know, I got the keratin treatments. I got the um, all sort of chemical treatments to try and keep my hair straight. Um, and these were actually things that I was taught from my Egyptian family. 99.9% of women in Egypt have my hair texture, but they don't wear it proudly. And it's, It's such a, it was like an integrated thing of like, no, you cannot wear your hair like this. It must be straight, 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 straight. And so a year for years, it was like blow dry, 
straighten, and then curl on top of that two hours every single day. My hair was so damaged, so damaged. Wait, wait. Yes. I got I got questions. I thought that that was just a thing here in the States because of um, <laughs> like European culture. I say European because of white people. Yeah. Like us trying to look at my <laughs> Like when we look at TV, like we see the straight hair. But if yeah. you're in Africa, that how, where does that come from? Where does that come from? Well, uh, to be quite honest, white culture. In and, Africa. Yes. And as you know, Egypt, Egypt is in North Africa. And so Egyptians range in so many beautiful ways and um but but the perception of beauty is one way it's very streamlined in one way where it's like you have to straighten your hair you have to look a certain way don't be too don't don't proclaim your identity too proudly right and i guess that's something that i learned as a child like proclaiming your identity as an arab is dangerous. And wow. so do not. And that, and so that translated into how I wore my hair and my, um, you know, the chemical treatments, the keratin, the straightening, the, all the things I learned from my family. Wow. So then when you said you started wearing your natural curls five years ago, what, 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 what happened? When did you stop? When you were like, I'm going to just stop doing, like, what was that? What happened? Okay. It was not a choice. It was, so I, okay. I was on a study abroad program. I packed all my things. I was like straightener, blow dryer, all the things, all the products to try and keep my hair straight, 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 straight. And, um, I got to, I studied abroad in Prague. I got to Prague and obviously the outlet conversion doesn't work. Oh. In, Yes, between Europe and the U.S. <laughs> so I go to my first night, I go to straighten my hair, plug it into the wall, and it blew up on me. No, it didn't. And I, I didn't have it. It blew no up? Yeah, it blew up. My, like, soup, my, I don't know, I spent a lot of money on that. And I was, I didn't think far enough ahead for even, like, food. I mean, I was a student, like a broke student. I was like plane ticket. Then I got there and I'm like, oh, right. I have to like pay for food and housing. <laughs> so I definitely didn't have money for a new straightener or, or blow dryer or any of those things. So I kind of was forced to deal with my hair and it was damaged. Oh my goodness. It was did not look like this. It was figuring itself out. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better terms. And um, yeah, over the years, as I started to give it the love that it deserved out of necessity, because I didn't have these other things, the straightener and the blow dryer and the other stuff. Um, eventually, I felt like I was growing into myself. And I was like, you know, there's no turning back now. Wow. Was there anybody in your life, your friends, family, co-workers who were like encouraging you or did you just decide on your own? You know, it, a little bit of both, but I have to say it, it changed the way I walked into a room. I'm not, Ooh, tell me more. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about audition rooms as an artist. I'm just talking in general, just wa- being able to walk in a room as myself instead of feeling like I had this mask on because there's one thing where it like you know, I want to straighten my hair because I want to straighten my hair. But it wasn't it wasn't that for me. It was very much I need to hide hide this part of me because the language around my hair was so negative. So I tried to keep that at a distance. And so as I was wearing my, when I wore my natural hair, I felt like I walked into a room differently. I was just so much more authentic. And, and I felt like that was also in service of the person that I'm talking to. It's like, I can be of service to you and to this conversation because I'm now, I'm now living my authentic self and how I identify and who I am. Literally, what you're saying is so relatable. It is so relatable. And I have felt a very similar way in with my own hair and the negative all of the things. I used to wear so many wigs, Shireen. Mm. And I never and to me, I'm like, the more hair, the better, and hide mine and all these things. And I never understood, like when I looked at my white friends, I'm like, your hair, you're not that you just wear it. Right. You just go places and you can jump in the pool and then you can just like and then come out and have a look like how? 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 (laughs) And it it does feel different when when you're wearing wigs or straightening your hair, not to have fun, but to hide. Like those are two different things, like you said. And that switch that um that transition to this is what I look like and coming to a person with a different authentic energy of it's just different. And I, you said it so well, like this is something that I want to go back and replay. Cause I'm like that, that, that absolutely. And um, when, I mean, when you, and the thing is when you look at me as me, as my authentic self, you see where I come from and you see my father, and my ancestors in Egypt, you see all of me. And that just makes me feel seen as well. And I can just, I can just be of service more to the conversation and to the person that I'm talking to or what project I'm doing. If I feel like I'm, I'm doing the work for myself and, you know, showing up for myself. We'll be right back right after the break. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Can I ask you a tough question? Yes. Okay. And I say it's tough 
it might not be tough, but for you, it might be tough for me to ask because really <laughs> it's like something that I'm feeling. Um, okay, work with me here or just get, like just stay with me as I try to get this out. Okay. I want to know as a person of color, you have very fair skin. Mm. At the same time, you're a minority. And I'm asking because I'm black, but I have very fair skin. And so <laughs> it's like there's two things going on here. There's you're not like you are, you're a minority. But then there's also potential, there's privilege as well. Mm. Have you felt, I'm like, what is the question that I'm trying to ask? Have you felt that your Egyptian heritage has ever held you back? Or, and, I'm sorry, I'm getting this out here. Have you, gosh, I guess, have, have you also experienced privilege? Have you, those are two very different things. Well, yes. I mean, I am a white passing person of color. Like you, like that is reality. <laughs> right. Like that is, yeah, you look at me and I'm white passing and you wouldn't know unless you saw my name and I told you where I come from. Right. And yes, like, I think it would be silly of me to say that I have not priv experienced privilege because of that. And we're having now these amazing conversations about that. Right. Thank God. Yeah. And however, to your other question, it's interesting because I experience different realities when I'm with my Egyptian family. For example, my, my dad is much darker than me. And when I'm with my mom, who is white. German, American. Yes. So, you know, there's this, con I, I'm constantly reminded of, and, and in between these two worlds. And yes, the experiences are very vastly different depending on who I'm with, aka my dad, or my family, my Egyptian family. Right. Because in Egypt, there is colorism, 100%. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I would never even, I've never been to Egypt. I just am like, <laughs> I have these like, what, what it might be. I have no idea in real life. So I'm like, tell me everything, Shireen. You're like, there's it colorism is, in Egypt. <laughs> it is beautiful, but it has its problems. And, you know, it's tricky. I mean, there. Like I said before, I experience a different reality when I'm with my father than I am when I'm with my my mother. And, you know, for a long time, playing Eliza Doolittle and being the first woman of color to play her on Broadway. It's amazing. I, it's, it's, it was such an amazing feeling, but also I'm still white passing. So... Did we make that big of a jump? Did we make that big of a leap? I'm so glad that you said that. 
You know what I mean? So it's, we have to ask these questions. And I've asked myself that question a lot. Was I put into that role because I am white passing? And, and those are, that's, you know, those are hard questions and sometimes have hard answers in return. Right. And you know what? It might also be a combination of things. I wish I got to see you perform. I remember almost getting a ticket right when you guys were about to close. And I had just closed Beautiful. And I was like, I've never been unemployed. I can't spend like tickets were still expensive. I was like, a show. How are these tickets? The cheapest ticket was like 200 bucks. I'm like, man, it must be so good. It's crazy. I know. I know. But I have a feeling that you weren't there for no reason. Like you, (laughs) you, it's not everybody who gets picked out of a, of an open casting call and plucked, plucked and put onto Broadway. That doesn't, that's crazy. That's nuts. But you know, I tell people, that's why I've been teaching a lot lately. And people ask me about, you know, my history and how I, how I came upon Broadway. And I just, I tell these young people, I'm like, you know what, this whole idea of gatekeepers and things like I am living proof that the work you do is, I mean, you have to do the work. There's one thing knowing everyone, but I am living proof that the gatekeepers like you can't, you can't do your work based on the gatekeepers. You got to do the work that really, that you connect with inside and, um, and bring that into a room because that will be seen. Right. Yeah. Wow. And you don't have to have a million credits. Cause I will say like, mm. <clears throat> and I, I don't have a million credits. Like we're talking Broadway credits. Obviously you've done a lot of things. Um, it is a difference going into an open casting call when you've done Broadway before. And my first time going into an open casting call without an agent appointment, but after being on Broadway myself, I expected to be lost in the fray. Like in my mind, I'm like, do these things even work? (laughs) Is this even a real audition or they just have to do these every six? Like that's what I just thought. And it makes a difference if you have Broadway on your resume, you know, like they they will see you. Right. But I don't, you didn't at the time. Like, right. You know, it's crazy because I, I went to that open call because I wanted to be seen by one of the biggest casting agencies and no one was in the room. Like I'm telling you, no one is in the room. I was EMC. I wasn't even part of the union. (laughs) I know that's (laughs) like, I laugh. (laughs) for hours about it because it's just wild right and I went in I sang my 16 bars 16 acute 16 bars and then I I feel like that's an insult these days I'm like if I come into the room I'm giving you a full two-minute song 16 bars is like it's so rude so go on with your story (laughs) so rude um (laughs) okay did my 16 bars left and I was like cool I made that connection I like got to know this new casting director and then I got a call back at the Lincoln Center and it's so funny because I didn't think I was going to go any further than that callback. So I called all my friends. I was like, I'm backstage at the Lincoln Center right. bragging. I was like, how right. cool was that? Like, I'm looking at Kelly O'Hara. 
on uh, this beautiful poster of her yes King and I and I was like I won like that's that's as far as winning I here winning and I feel you on that I will brag about auditions that I know I'm not gonna book because I'm like I'm never gonna have that glory of being in the actual show so let me tell everybody that I got this far y'all <laughs> But it's like, it's like my own little personal win. I'm like, I totally feel you. It's petty, but like, so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm not going to get this. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. That's how I viewed it. I was like, there's no way. And I met right. Bart and Ted and like all these incredible people. And I was like, I just sang again, my 16 bars for Bart Shear. Like that was it. I Did it dawn on you that that's kind of a big deal? <laughs> like that you that you probably you could actually book it at that point like that didn't dawn on you come on no it did not because if you look at my resume I did a cruise ship and that was it Ugh. and I went to school for criminal justice and everything else on my resume was community theater so I was like no and I think you know now as I audition I try to keep that um spontaneity and like naivety almost of like who knows what will come from this and it actually helps me have a little bit more agency in an audition room or when I'm applying for something it's just like this is exciting I'm just excited to be here let's see how it goes let's just see how it goes um okay so when you were on tour uh there is a Liam Fitzpatrick who worked in the hair Yes. yes. Okay. And he is so wonderful. He's been listening to this podcast and he reached out to me. He's like, I love your podcast. And blah, 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 blah. Also, can, can, can you talk to Shireen? I have like so many things I want to hear about her journey and all of the things. And, oh and so, yes, I'm like, wait, who is this girl? And looking you up, I'm like, all, I'm like, oh, Yes, absolutely. Especially since for this podcast, I usually just have black people on here. You're my, but I, but it's BIPOC. I'm like, well, if it's BIPOC, I need to have people who aren't black, but people of color. And so thank you for representing the first person to represent and, and to talk to me for a little bit. He has a couple questions um, as somebody in the hair world. Okay. So, and I think I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. Um, so what he was at, what he wants to know is when you are going into a show and you're given a wig and it is like maybe trying to duplicate your texture, but it's not like it's a straight hair wig. How does that make, like, how does that make you feel? He says, and where does that put you mentally? That's a great question. Um, you know, I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have on me as a human and also as a performer, as an artist, when until I had a wig that was my exact hair texture. Ooh. You, oh, I just got chills. Right? Like, you don't realize how much of you is not represented in the story and this, the character and... I mean, your artistry until you're given or you have the opportunity to have your own self represented in that wig. And when, for example, this happened for me as Eliza, I cried when I put my my wig on that looked exactly like my hair texture. And for a golden age musical 
with intricate updos and like, I mean, just insane updos with the hat and the this and the, you know, it's a different time period. And I've never seen my hair that way. And, and, um, I felt like it unleashed something of me. It was like, oh, okay, I can actually bring bring me to this. And wow, it, yeah, and it's insane because I have never gotten so many messages in my life about my hair from audience members who are like, seeing your hair like that makes me want to wear my hair natural now. We're going to cut for a short ad break. I like it just feels it's more symbolic than just a wig. Right. It's it's like an invitation of we want your whole being, your whole human self to be represented on this stage. And that in turn allows audience members to feel invited and bring their whole selves yes. into the story with you. So the Eliza's before you, did they all have straight hair or their own texture? And straight yours hair. was and so yours was more like your own texture. Yes, yes, this exact and like you know beautiful uh f- um French twists and beautiful updos. I mean, I don't know if you've seen uh the Audrey Hepburn version of My Fair Lady, but she has a beautiful updo for the ball and they replicated that with my hair texture. And it felt like I was seen. It was amazing. I mean, just amazing. I think you just said it. I felt like I was seen. I've been trying to ask, I've been trying to answer that question because I've been asking people like, what makes you feel seen when you go backstage, when you get into a show? And it's a hard question to answer sometimes, but that is, that is one huge way Going on stage with a wig that replic if you want to be wigged and you're wigged in- with a wig that replicates your own texture. Oh, and, and you know, for years, my entire career up to that point, I was put in straight wigs. I was put in, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh, this is just part of the. This part That's of the- how I've always felt. Yeah, right. And you're like, well, obviously they don't know how to deal with my hair. I barely know how to deal with my hair, so. It was just like, right. what? It, I don't think I actually thought about it until I had uh, an incredible wig master who was able to find my texture and create beautiful designs through it. Another question for you. So when you went into the audition, was your hair like it is right now? Yes. Okay. And I feel like that, and I assumed that you were going to say yes. Um, I feel like that's really important. That idea, that is so important. And I'm coming from a place of somebody who's always gone into rooms, straightening my hair, wearing wigs, giving them what I think they want. When, But times are different. Times are changing. If you walk into the room owning what you're – it's important if, it's, if that's where you are in your life to embrace what is on your head, if you can, if you're there emotionally to be able to do that, because it seems like more and more shows are trying to, to do that. Not everybody, not every show, but even Hamilton's done that. Like 
to bring in your own texture, but they can't do that if you walk in with something that isn't the way your hair looks all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they can't do that if you don't like, that's really, I'm saying that to me, like everybody can do what resonates the best with them. But I am trying to get it in my own head. So, Alicia, they're not going to be able to duplicate your texture if you don't walk in with your texture. <laughs> mm. Mm, so it's, you know, now now we're talking about, hey, I, I need to I need to bring my full self in order to yes! be my full self. Yeah. Which is empowering, but also terrifying. It's so scary. <laughs> So scary. I mean, it's so scary. I remember um, there was this this job that I took, and the day before, they sent out requirements. We had to wear all black for rehearsals, you know, look presentable. But there was a section on hair, and there was a picture with my exact hair texture, and it said "not allowed." <gasps> yes. And then it said aloud and it was straight, like a blow dry, a beautiful blow dry. And I was like, cool. Okay. Where's the straightener? But you exactly. know, I can't believe I jumped to that. But that's where we were back even just yeah. a few years ago. Like I just gasped right now. I bet you that would not have been a gasp moment when you first saw it. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that's just how it is. I was just like, yeah, that's how it is. Okay, where's my straightener now? Now, now, I'd be like, like, "Mm." (laughs) the Crown Act says. (laughs) Okay, so here's the second part of the question. And the thing is, you loved your wigs. It sounds like you loved your wigs at My Fair Lady. What about the shows where you didn't, or maybe you didn't not love them, but- um, they were straight hair wigs. Okay. So not your, um, the texture that you have on your head. So when you're in a show with that, with a more relaxed texture or no texture at all. Okay. Here's his question. He says, how can we make you feel safer and more comfortable to do your show? Oh, that is an amazing question. You know, because that, that question implies collaboration. I think I am not against having a different texture wig, but I want to be part of those conversations. Like I want to, if I'm going to be portraying this character, I think I should have some sort of agency in how I envision this character. And if you give me a good reasoning, reason why it should be a certain way, let's talk about it. I'm totally open to talking about it. But if it becomes a thing where I feel like, we're trying to strip myself of my identity because now my hair has become so integral into who I am and my identity and how I walk into a room that, I mean, we just need to have a conversation. So I love that question. It implies collaboration and conversation. Which is already a step in the right direction, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and maybe that is the answer or a part of the answer is that the fact that you are willing and open to collaborate and hear what I have to say about certain things, that helps. It might not solve everything if you're in a situation where you're like, ah, uh, <laughs> this doesn't represent me, but 
if there's an open dialogue, it could help. Yes, 100%. Transparency always. Um, question. What's your wig prep? Oh my gosh, Celicia, I knew you were going to ask this question. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> Did you see? It was like a visceral reaction. I was like, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait. You're going to tell me that you put it in one bun. Like, what do you do? What am I in for right now? Okay. Okay. So let me start from My Fair Lady on Broadway, and then I'll tell you where I'm at now on tour. Okay. (laughs) On Broadway, I was like, I looked around, and I see all of these incredible women doing the two-finger thing. Yes. Pinning it, right? And I was like, okay, that's what I do. And it, it was what it was. And over time, my hair was getting thinner and thinner and the breakage was real. And I was wondering why their hair wasn't responding to that the way my hair was responding to that. Tell it, Shireen. I already know where this is going because I did the same thing. Go for it. Tell it. What's your experience? Then fast forward to tour and the amazing Ray Phillips. She was our hair wig person on tour and she just took so much care of me, but she's a curly hair expert. They hired her because she is a curly hair expert. And that is what my wigs require and what my hair, my personal hair requires. And she sat down with me. She called me out. She was like, you will be bald by the end of this tour. If we do not talk about your wig prep, and she sat me down for an hour. I mean, terif- that's a terrifying thing to hear. And she was like, this is how you do it. So now it's very, so I use um, a leave-in conditioner always, main choice for, I think it's called four-leaf clover. It has like aloe vera. It has flaxseed oil, clove oil. Spray that all in my hair. And then very, very lightly, instead of, I was doing like very tight pin curls, big old pin curls like that size I mean probably interesting three yeah like three inches across and it was like game changing my hair was slowly coming back to life I mean my baby hairs were coming back it was like baby hairs my hairline before was like back here it was so I thought that was normal I was like well I'm in a wig every day um so that, and then also, you know, the wig changes, I'm sure you've experienced Absolutely. quick wig changes are brutal, brutal. And especially depending on who's doing them and if they care or not. <laughs> yes. All right. right. 100%. And there was a big difference between Ray quick changing, quick wig changing my hair and someone who didn't understand curly hair. There was a difference in the care and the way that they took off the wig and put on the wig and even pinned the wig. Like she's incredible, incredible, incredible. So I'm shouting out Ray for changing my wig life. Wow. (laughs) That is so incredible. And I think it's so interesting. Sometimes people get overwhelmed. Don't worry. I'm going to get you out of here soon. Oh my goodness. It's already been. Okay. But sometimes people get overwhelmed when they see curly hair, but I think it might be no, I know it is way more fragile than people realize. 
whenever I've gone to get my hair blown out back in the day, they're like, oh, you have black, you're black. We have to put it on the hottest, highest heat. No, you don't actually. Yeah. Just touch my hair before you freak out. It's actually very soft. Please don't put it on the highest heat. And like what you just showed me with your, with the pin curls that Ray showed you, it seemed like you were um, touching um, um, something from Saks Fifth Avenue. Very like a cashmere sweater. Like right. Just very be very gentle with it. And yeah, you want to get that wig to be able to stay on, but <laughs> not at the expense of your edges, honey. No. Absolutely not. No, no, not worth it. I mean, I forgot that I had any sort of hairline. Until actually, until throughout the tour when I was taking care of my hair. And now when I'm not in a wig prep and I'm like, oh, this is what my hairline should look like. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet that changed your, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but did that change your stage door chic? Like when you go to the stage door, like what do you, what's your look? Oh my gosh, my stage door. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out because my hair- Me too. It's, uh, how, I mean, tips, please, because I just have to throw it into a bun. It's like a curl within a curl within a curl and it gets janky and weird looking. So I wish I was one of the, girl, the girls that could pull it out and look like Marilyn Monroe. Right? I wish, but I'm not that girl. I put a cap on. I think there's a way for us and we just have to figure it out. And I'm going to actively, I'm like, I hope that the show that I was in before this pandemic, I hope it comes back and all the things. And I'm going to actively be thinking like, how can I leave the stage door and still represent who I am? Because that's a a really, if stage doors exist after the pandemic, that is a place for people to see what you look like. And like you, I have always put a cap on or I would throw a wig on. It's just fast. It's easy out the door, on the train, whatever. But how powerful that could be to be like, and also here's my texture, but to not take freaking three hours to get out the the dressing room (laughs) I know because I will always be the last person if they're like let's go for a drink I'm like I start the whole show I'm like oh my god I'm having anxiety what is my hair gonna do what am I gonna right right if you have tips if you come across something that works for you please let me know I'm dying to know (laughs) I know we're gonna let's stay in contact because this is something that needs to be solved because I want to be leaving that stage door looking the bomb but also like me you know like (laughs) yes yeah for sure um, Shireen, you're so wonderful and I've had so much fun talking to you and I have so many more things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm like, you know what? We're, I'm just gonna have to talk to you again. So thank you for, thank you for spending the time and for coming on Black Hair in the Big Leagues. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. You are, you are joy personified. It is just so nice to connect with you. It's the silver lining of the pandemic to connect with joyous, beautiful people like yourself. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know 
what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. (laughs) Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.